Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.16 a.m. It is the 12th of February, 2020. Two days until Love Day, y'all. Uh, make sure that you don't screw that up. Flowers and candy at the last minute in case you forget and then go, oh my God, I have 15 minutes to do shit. I have never gone to a store where I couldn't at least pick up a bouquet of flowers. And I'm talking a grocery store, a bouquet of flowers and a heart-shaped box of chocolates. Okay. Even now, here's the deal. If your wife or significant other or whatever has told you that they hate chocolate, somehow or another, I think it's okay to get a a heart-shaped box of chocolates. I know that seems stupid, but fuck it, at least you tried, right? I mean, (laughs) because it's either that or, uh, yeah, get get in trouble. Okay, all right, all right. So so this is episode 198. Of Bitcoin and I got Pulp Bitcoin at Pulp Bitcoin. You know, like the movie Pulp Fiction, but Pulp Bitcoin. Um, at this moment, they've only got 16 followers. However, this is kind of interesting. The bio in their Twitter account says the following. Memorize your Bitcoin passphrase. Pulp Fiction designed to store treasures inside your mind. And the whole reason I'm doing this, I mean, this is like, you know, barely any followers is that it like the whole, uh, Citadel 21 account that I was talking about yesterday. This is also one of those things that I'm like, I'm not sure what this is, but I mean, I'm more sure what this is than anything else. Let's Let's read a few tweets here. On February the 10th, let's see when they joined, first of all. Okay, they joined this month. Okay, so this Twitter account is brand spanking new. And the first one, their pinned tweet says, for easy memorization of your Bitcoin passphrase, use James Joyce's neologism technique in Finnegan's Wake. For example, shoulder, debate, and stage could become should bastage. (laughs) Shoed bastage as BIP 39 words are unique to four or less letters. So that just kind of like shoved everything together there. Neologisms courtesy of your random passphrase. So what it appears is that this particular account is using these techniques and, and, and doing some other things here to get you the, give you the, option and the possibility to do a full-scale brain wallet. If you don't know what a brain wallet is, let's put it to you this way. Um, Bitcoin has a unique 
capability of being able to rematerialize itself anywhere in the world given a passphrase. Okay, or not even at this point. This is more about the passphrase, but they may also this may also include the, your entire set of of 12 or 24 word seed, okay? Generally speaking when you get a, when you get a hardware wallet, it will create for you a seed of several different words. They have to be put in order for you to reconstitute your Bitcoin wallet. So let's say you get a cold card and you do all this stuff and you get your passphrase and, and, all, and, and you write it down. Some people can memorize those 24 words in order. The, and, and if they do, they don't need a hardware wallet. You don't need a piece of paper to write this shit down. But man, talk about dangerous shit memorizing your seed phrase uh, in all the 24 or 12 words or 16 words or whatever it is that your wallet uh, develops for you, that's some scary shit because, A, just forgetting it. Because once you forget it, that's it, dude. If you've got any Bitcoin in there, it's lost forever. But if you don't forget it, if there's a way that you are supremely confident that you can memorize those 24 words, then you can walk across a border naked with billions of dollars in money and nobody will ever know. There's real power in that. Think about that for a second. If you are a Venezuelan and you're walking across the border to one of the neighbor, one of the neighboring uh, countries uh, to go work. And then when you come back, you cross the same border. Generally speaking down there, everybody's paid in cash. That can be lifted off your ass at gunpoint and, often that happens. It's not a pretty place, you know, in South America and Central America. It could be the people are, are, are fine, but they're just under the yoke of despotism and all, all manner of, of corruption and, and whatnot like that. So th it's not like they love it. Right. Uh, but in a particular case, like where you'd be able to memorize a passphrase, you could, convert all your cash into Bitcoin at an ATM and walk across the border and nobody can take jack shit from you because you ain't got nothing to take. And if they take all your clothes, well, that sucks. You're going to be walking across the border naked, but you can do it with a hundred bucks, 20 bucks, or billions of dollars, billions with a B. All right. So Give Pulp Fiction, not, I'm not going to suggest a follow here because I, you know, I, I don't know what the efficacy of all this, but it seems that at least one account is geared towards, if you had to, how can you use tools to memorize this stuff? So uh, again, that's at Pulp Bitcoin is the Twitter account. It's brand new. They've only got 16 followers. They have a GitHub. It's a pulpfiction.github.io. However, when you click on that, it apparently takes you and gives you a single message that says, email, for more information, email me at, and then it gives, let's, let's see what it exactly says. It says, contact me via Twitter at Pulp Bitcoin, P-U-L-P-B-I-T-C-I-O-N. That's going to do it for community news. I guess I should actually call that little bit community spotlight when I'm doing something like that. But you know what, whatever it's, it, it's 
bound to happen. Let's get into some vitals. It, the price of Bitcoin is at $10,351 on average. Uh, that may be the high. Is that the high? No, the high is at GDAX at $10,358. we have got a low over at P2P, B2B at $10,316.52. or 340,000 transactions have been made in the last 24 hours. And that's roughly 14,000 transactions per hour. Uh, 982,000 Bitcoin have been sent in that 24-hour period with average being sent per hour of about 41,000 BTC. The average transaction value is 2.8 BTC and the median is 0.031 BTC. So the median transaction value in US dollars is a 318 bucks. Block time's pegged right at 10 minutes and zero seconds. 0.23 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis. 33.8 BTC has been taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours, which could only mean one thing, that the mempool's pretty much stacked up. Uh, we have a, ex a hash rate increase of 9.82%. That brings us up to 111 exahashes per second. And the last time somebody didn't do anything for the Bitcoin code base was sometime this morning. Ethereum is at 255.68, Bcash at 470, BSV at 368, Litecoin is almost at 80 bucks at 79.26. Ethereum Classic is topped 12 at $12.18. Dogecoin got another spike and is back up at 0 0.0031. And Litecoin is still on top of Doge. So Doge transactions per hour or per day beat nobody that I know of. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're beating like several hundred or to a couple of thousand different shit coins. But as far as the ones that are on my, the things that I talk about, um, yeah, it's pretty much little doggies taking a nap, I guess. Okay, my hash rate from my node BTC is telling me that it is 110.7 exahashes per second. Sure enough, we have 30,500 transactions that are unconfirmed, chilling in the mempool, and that's the size of about 46 megabytes. All the blocks are full. Transaction rate on a 24, well, transaction rate right now is somewhere sitting at, uh, where is it? It looks to me about four and a half transactions per second. So that's going to do it for that. Uh, let's talk about... Oh, good Lord, I messed that one up. Let's talk about Lightning. 11,477 nodes, 35,900 channels, but we've had a bump in the network capacity um, a little bit. Uh, eight, it's 877 BTC, but because of the price increase, the U.S. dollar equivalent liquidity is now $9,113,000. <laughs> we have uh, 22 nodes that came online in the last 24 hours. And I do, that's a little odd. Let me look at this for just a second here. <clears throat> it's still, yesterday was a 0.00% increase or decrease. And if I am reading this right, this is the exact same number of new nodes that came online in this 24 hour period that it did come on in the last 24 hour period. So there may be something a little fishy because the number of nodes sounds like it was uh, the same yesterday, 11,477. 
one uh, ml.com forward slash statistics is where I'm getting this from. They may have part of their interface broken. I'm not sure, but 244 new channels came online and that represents a 30% increase in the amount of diaper wearing uh, bottle sucking brand new channels that just came online. That does look, uh, that is actually different than from yesterday. And so we'll have to look into the number of new nodes that came in online. This little metric here seems to be broken. So anybody who wants to get a hold of oneml.com and let them know that they may have a problem, uh, feel free to do so. That's going to do it for vitals. All right. First up in morning roundup is uh, at Stake Hex. Uh, this was or actually is a Twitter account that a few weeks ago got into one of my feeds. Uh, and I, I've talked about Stake Hex before. Got into one of my feeds and entered into, you know, uh, not a Twitter battle, but, you know, a Twitter debate. I kind of stayed out of it because I think Hex is just a scam and it's not worth my time uh, to argue why I think it's a scam. You, I mean, you either understand why or you don't. I'm not going to, nobody's really going to be able to ever convince you. Well, even though that didn't convince Stake Hex at the time, apparently something has changed. Uh, let's see what the pin tweet <clears throat> or the, uh, probably the pin tweet, but he's, changed his entire bio. We'll get into what StakeHex is here in a second, but he says, I've had to shutter the doors of StakeHex. See pinned tweet or the StakeHex website for deta details. That website is StakeHex.com. I know you guys know what Hex is, but in case for whatever reason I picked up a new listener, if you don't, Hex is a shit coin that has been run by Richard Hart Wynn, and Richard Hart Wynn is one of the top scammers in the space. Since Hex got released, I have heard almost nothing out of Richard Hart Wynn. Uh, the Ether wallet got emptied a, a couple of weeks ago. I talked about that. It is just a scam. Don't buy into it now. <laughs> God forbid. And if you did buy into it, you've probably lost all your money and there's really no way out. If that's occurred, I'm really sorry for you, but at least you'll understand why you don't shitcoin. People are in this space and all they want to do is take your money. There's so much unethics, uh, unethical behavior in this space that yes, while embarrassing, it can't be avoided. The gold rush, I've, I've talked about this before, the gold rush has probably, in his, like historically, had probably as many scammers as the Bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency space has in it now. Uh, well, okay, per, let's say that per capita because the population of the world wasn't anywhere close to what it is now. But scammers abound in every industry and no industry is safe. Remember Enron? Yeah, that's the energy sector. They got, they're scammers too. So let's find out what's going on here. This is Cole Peterson writing for CryptoSlate.com. Sometime this morning it says the exit continues. Hex tool closes up shop due to manipulation concerns. The crypto industry has been gripped with developments surrounding the Hex token, 
which is a relatively small cryptocurrency that has gained popularity due to its founder, Richard Hart, being a popular Bitcoin maximalist on Twitter. He's not, okay? That this is me talking. He, he's, he did that to get into good graces with the entire community. This is a man who knows how to operate. I don't like him, but it doesn't mean he's stupid. If anybody thinks Richard Hart is stupid, you are fooling yourself and you're going to get wrecked. Continuing, the token also garnered support from popular, albeit controversial, figures within the crypto space, including former BT or sorry, BitConnect advocate Trayvon James. The promotional campaign surrounding this token brought it to the forefront of the industry, subsequently building some support from neophyte crypto investors. That means newbies and wet behind the ears, guys. In spite of having backing from a small handful of popular industry figures, a recent announcement from a Hex team member seems to confirm the wide-held theory that it is an alleged exit scam. Hex, which is advertised on its website as the first high-interest blockchain certificate of deposit, encourages users to stake the token in order to watch their holdings multiply. On the token's website, there are multiple glaring red flags that should have alerted investors that it was not a legitimate project, including a prominently featured subheading that boasts that, quote, Hex is designed to increase in value faster than anything else in history, end quote. The shadiness doesn't end there, however, as the site also uses words like pumpamentals to describe the cryptocurrency's fundamental structure. Jeez. <clears throat> While explaining how the token is able to provide users with, quote, life-changing wealth, it vaguely states that it uses a computer science breakthrough to disrupt the largest markets in the world with a product of nearly infinite profit margin. Jeez. As Crypto Slate previously reported, there has been a myriad of evidence that Hex was an exit scam, including a report from January detailing $7 million worth of Ethereum had been withdrawn from an address associated with Hex. One analyst operating under the pseudonym RunBTC posted a screenshot this evening showing what appears to be a statement from a Hex team member named Paul in which he says that he is removing Hex tool from the app store's as he believes there is evident manipulation of Hex's market value. Screenshot says, we're closing shop. Due to evidence of possible manipulation of the Hex market value, I can no longer recommend Hex with a clean conscience. I have removed the Hex tool from the app stores, though I don't have a way of removing it from your phones. But I ask you to please delete it from your phones. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me at support at stakehex.com. That's S-T-A-K-E-H-E-X.com. It has been a wild ride. I hope you all succeed and get rich. I've made new friends and learned a ton. You're all amazing. Keep in touch. I'll be watching from the sidelines with best of luck to you all, Paul. And that was, oh God, when was that? That was, oh yeah, that was last night. Yep, that's when I saw it. Okay, so continuing to the end, although this is certainly not conclusive that the token is, in fact, an exit scam, it does confirm that insiders within the Hex ecosystem are beginning to jump ship due to ethical concerns. So, stake Hex, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. You did. Um, you're actually very, this person may actually very well be the only person I've ever seen that figured it out. Not just in Hex, 
but being knee-deep in the scam, holding the heaviest of bags, and that goes for all of the coins except for Bitcoin. I've never really seen anybody dig their way out as fast and as, I'm going to say cleanly, as StakeX has done. It's an apparent cleanliness, in, let's, let's say that. But we all have to learn, stay away from the scams. You re- the Bitcoin maximalists are not here to rob you. We are here to help you. What is Bitcoin? An eight-step guide to the cryptocurrency. I am not going to read this. I'm just going to note that this is uh, this was, at least last night at one point or another, on the BBC uh, front page their, for their website. So bbc.co.uk. The BBC had this as a featured article on their front page. What is Bitcoin? An eight-step guide to the cryptocurrency. So I'll just give you the headings of the, and some little snippets of what's going on here. A clear, they don't get, get it right, but the fact that it's on the front page of the BBC means, well, it means to me what it probably means to you. Let's leave that unsaid. Number one, what is Bitcoin and how does it work? Bitcoin is a form of digital money. This means it doesn't have a physical form. Instead, units of digital currency are traded over a computer network that has some unique properties. One, it doesn't have any central banks of control. There are no banks. Two, it does not have any central points of transaction storage, like a central database that holds a record of all the transactions made. And then it goes on a little bit more. Two, where did it come from? It's literally two sentences. The, and I'm not going to read it all, but it just says Satoshi Nakamoto and realizes that it could either be one single individual or a group of people. We don't know. Now, this is the one that made me just guffaw. Three, is it still being used? And where can you use it? This one I will read. <clears throat> Bitcoin is still used and is very actively traded on cryptocurrency exchanges, which allow users to swap ordinary money like pounds for Bitcoin. To use Bitcoin, the first step is to create a wallet. This protects the secrets that are used to authorize the movement of Bitcoins under your control. And then they go on. But the whole thing about, is it still being used? Yeah, yeah. It's cringeworthy, but I guarantee you it's in there. That was done on purpose. That was not done out of ignorance. That was done to do the following. Cast, at least try to seed and cast a shred of doubt, a shred of doubt that hopefully that seed will grow in your mind. Is it possible that one day it won't be used? Well, that's how narratives work people. The smallest, the smallest things like that should make you stand up, take note. That's what we're up against. The subtlety is, is a little ridiculous in this. And then I'm just going to read off the uh, other, uh, the other five things here Four, why would someone want Bitcoin instead of normal money? Again, the narrative normal is in quotes when they write it. Uh, Can Bitcoin make you a millionaire? Again, this this is a negative narrative. And then they go into what is Bitcoin mining? Can we trust cryptocurrencies is next on the list? Trust. 
Remember? Millionaire. Trust. Uh, is it still being used? See how they're sinking this shit in here? Uh, could cryptocurrency become more popular than physical currency in the future? Okay, on that one, how many people actually use cash? I am not for a cashless society, by the way. However, it's going to happen. There, there's not much that we can do about it. Cashless is coming. It depends on how you're going to be positioned when that thing does come. So when fully digital payments are online, I would rather have be, be holding Bitcoin than a whole bunch of fiat because it's a hell of a lot easier for them to print digits than it is dollars. And as you should know by now, there is a cap to the limit of how much uh, money Bitcoin is actually going to ever, or how many tokens Bitcoin will ever generate. And that will always be $21 million. Never mind the forks. The forks are all trash. Be on your guard, people. This shit's coming down the pipe. And these narratives are going to get more sophisticated. Right now, this is not the only sophistication in this particular narrative is how they're seeding it into these sentences and these paragraphs to cast some doubt. Okay, so be careful out there, y'all. Oh, we're, let's see. Bitcoin Magazine is featuring an uh, an article from World Markets. This was sometime yesterday. <clears throat> Artificial intelligence managed Bitcoin trading accounts show significant return on investment. Looking for the next best thing to invest in is difficult. Sometimes you get in too late and miss the opportunity of a lifetime. Trading in the cryptocurrency market can be extremely profitable if done correctly, but it requires a deep understanding of the market you're in. One of the most exciting and yet difficult things that the crypto market has to offer is its volatility. This same factor has made people millionaires, but has also cost others a fortune. Knowing when to buy, hodl, or sell Bitcoin is not an easy decision, and panic can always leave you confused and forced to execute a buy-sell order that you did not mean to. The reality remains, once you set that order and it's filled, there ain't no going back. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to invest but lack the knowledge to do so, the answer is simple. Get a managed trading account. Hire the services of a professional to help you build a profitable Bitcoin portfolio that can multiply your money. Many brokerages and investment firms offer investment accounts where they do all of the trading for you. This simplifies the process and requires minimum knowledge. Unfortunately, it cannot be all good news. This service comes with associated fees, intermediaries, platform fees, maintenance fees, management fees, and so on fees. All right, that last one was me. But... What if there was a way to cut down on those fees? There are some companies like World Markets that have built trading bots based on artificial intelligence. These bots imitate the thinking of a financial analyst who collects and processes data. Artificial intelligence enables the bot to learn about the Bitcoin market and all of its history, related news, social media, exchange indicators, and more, helping it to understand the global market trends and adjust buy and sell orders following optimized and updated data. Led by a team of professional traders, World Markets <clears throat> offers AI-managed trading accounts that are reviewed 24-7 and maintain a steady return of investment. Sounds like a fucking Ponzi scheme to me, but whatever. As of December 2019, World Markets has shown an average of 21.77% in returns, while other similar services showed disappointing results. Of course, ours is best. World Markets remained steady through bear markets and achieved returns far superior to alternatives. 
as well as traditional assets. This regulated company has clients in over 40 countries, blah, 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 Barking Hedge, blah, 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 blah. That really is the end of it. So the thing that I don't like about this from the Bitcoin magazine perspective is that they did not tag this as an advertisement, and they should have. This was a this was run this this entire copy was written by a company called World Markets. It was picked up by Bitcoin Magazine and dropped into their investing subheadings. This is more of an advertisement than it is anything else. It doesn't really tell you anything about how artificial intelligence works. But there's a couple of things a couple of other things to be said about this. One. Let's say all this is true and it's completely fine and I can go to world markets and get an AI-based trading platform, uh, uh, trading account right now and everything, and it works for me. What does this mean if a lot of people start doing this? And let's say world markets is 100% above board. They have no intention of stealing your shit and, and they're not lying about their service. What if a lot of people start doing that? Is it possible that it could level out volatility in the markets? Just something to think about. I don't know if it's true or not. Personally, I think this is a bad idea. But, you know, it's out there in the wild, so you might as well know about it. AI trading bots are here. New cryptocurrency exchange shutting down after hack. Bitcoin and Ethereum and three additional altcoins are stolen. This is the Daily Hodel staff writing for, you guessed it, the Daily Hodel sometime yesterday. Cryptocurrency exchange Altsbits is shutting down this May. The exchange made the announcement after reporting an alleged security breach earlier this month, and I, I told you guys about that. In a statement, Altsbit says a hack late last week led to the theft of nearly all of the exchanges, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Coin, Komodo, and Pirate Chain. Un- quote, unfortunately, we have to notify you with the fact that our exchange was hacked during the night and almost all funds were stolen. All right. So there's confirmation there that Altsbit is, uh, they're, they're dead in the water. I bring this to you again for the simple reminder of not your keys, not your Bitcoin. If you are not holding your own Bitcoin, this is going to happen to you. And just because you hold it on a, on a hardware wallet doesn't necessarily mean that you're 100% safe either. But you're a hell of a lot safer with that than you are with this crap. Although there is a little bit of, of more information here as to the amounts. Altsbit says the hackers took 6.92 Bitcoin. That's not a lot. 2.3 ETH. 3.9 million ARRR and 414,000 VRSC and 1,000 KMD. So as far as the people that were holding their Bitcoin, I don't think a whole lot of people lost a whole lot. Uh, if you were a shitcoin trader, you got freaking hosed. <clears throat> so beware. And I'm sure all that stuff was traded on other exchanges for Bitcoin. Why? Do I have to ask? 2020 Bitcoin adoption. Why nonprofits will lead the way. This is Alex Wilson and Pat Duffy writing for, again, Bitcoin Magazine. Microsoft accepts Bitcoin. Nobody cares. Why? Because if you want people to give up their Bitcoin, you better have a damn good reason. 
Microsoft and other companies that accept BTC don't currently have that. When you currently spend BTC on something from Microsoft, you aren't getting any additional financial benefit of using that payment method versus a credit card, especially in the United States, where using BTC is per- for purchases is a tax nightmare. The typical case for spending BTC versus fiat is usually about adoption to encourage more merchants to accept BTC. In a lot of cases, that incentive isn't strong enough for many hodlers. Nonprofits are a completely different story. Donations of BTC are not a taxable event. Not only do you not incur capital gains tax, but it's also a tax write-off on your tax returns. Plus, donations still have the added benefit of spreading adoption since they also have powerful social media armies to spread the word. Here's why nonprofits will lead the adoption of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in 2020. Nonprofits are accepting Bitcoin donations. This is the result of a powerful incentive, taxes. Since the United States Internal Revenue Service has classified Bitcoin as property, that means it's similar to donating stock. But in the case of Bitcoin, the process is much easier. This incentive is already proving to be stronger for Bitcoin than it is for stocks, as Donate Bitcoin has been searched for more or searched more than Donate Stocks on Google over the last five years. Interesting. For a donor, when they donate appreciated Bitcoin to a 5013C nonprofit, they do not have to pay capital gains taxes and can write it off of their taxes. Bitcoin donations are not taxable events for the donor or the nonprofit, allowing people to contribute 30 or 20 to 30% more depending on their tax bracket. That's why over the last few years, we've seen hundreds of millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin donations sent to nonprofits, particularly during bull markets. Some of this was fueled by major donors like the infamous Pineapple Fund that donated $56 million worth of Bitcoin to 60 different charities. If you were going to donate fiat to a nonprofit this year, consider donating Bitcoin instead. If the Bitcoin is appreciated, this is likely a more tax-efficient way of supporting your favorite causes. Plus, you can even redirect the fiat you were planning to donate and just repurchase the same amount of BTC after the donation so you can keep on stacking your sats. Nonprofits often have larger and more engaged audiences than major corporations. Take Save the Children, for example. They have almost 3 million Twitter followers and a budget of over $800 million per year, more than most for nonprofit companies. That's why people are increasingly excited about major nonprofits entering the space. A $1 million fiat donation is not a story. A $1 million donation in Bitcoin is still a story. Over the last year, the number of nonprofits accepting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency donations has doubled. You might be surprised by some of the nonprofits that already accept Bitcoin donations, such as Save the Children, Pencils of Promise, Mona Foundation, Internet Archive, No Kid Hungry, Tor Project, Trees for the Future, Freedom of the Press Foundation, Heifer International, YMCA of St. Petersburg, UNICEF, Human Rights Foundation, Palm Beach Habilitation Center, U.S. for Warriors, Lupus Foundation of America, Dementia Society of America, Responsive to Our Community, Junior Achievement of North Carolina, <clears throat> Lieberland Aid Foundation, Many Hopes Electronic Frontier Foundation, Experience Camps, Code to Inspire, and Rainforest Foundation. Hundreds of nonprofits accept Bitcoin donations and are actively fundraising with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So when it comes time to file your taxes, would you rather pay the IRS or a Bitcoin-friendly nonprofit? Donating Bitcoin can lower your taxes. More importantly, it could be the biggest thing you do this year to speed up adoption. 
So there you go. It's this is, you know, not the first time I've read about this kind of thing, but it's nice to always revisit the fact that it may not be merchant adoption that that gets us there. Maybe it is something like this. I don't know. I still think it's good though. It's good to take it off of your taxes. And, you know, it, I don't know. It's just use Bitcoin to plant a tree. Why not? Daily Hodel staff writing for the Daily Hodel. This cryptocurrency Goliath now holds 277,000 Bitcoin worth $2.8 billion. Has Grayscale proved Wall Street wants crypto? This was written this morning. Grayscale, the largest institutional asset manager in crypto, is now holding about 277,000 Bitcoin worth $2.8 billion. The firm offers crypto exposure through its Bitcoin-backed flagship product, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC, in case you're wondering what that ticker symbol you see all the time means. It also offers altcoin trusts, including Ethereum, XRP, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Stellar, Zcash, Ethereum Classic, and Horizon. I've never even heard of Horizon. The company has released a new overview of its assets under management. It shows that Ethereum and Ethereum Classic are the second and third most popular cryptocurrencies among investors. Let that one sink in, Ethereum Classic being the third most <laughs> wanted crypto. Ethereum Classic. I actually think it's like if you got to trade the shitcoin, man, I'd go with Ethereum Classic because at least those guys get it as far as they did not accept the Dow fork when, when Ethereum forked uh, from this original chain to roll back the theft, which means that it is not an immutable blockchain. By definition, Ethereum is not an immutable blockchain. Remember that. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust exploded in popularity in 2019 when the firm said the total investment across all of its products that year hit $607 million. That figure is higher than all cumulative investments from 2013 to 2018. The company says institutional investors with deep pockets are fueling much of its growth. At the recent crypto finance conference in Switzerland, Grayscale Managing Director Michael Schonenschein said <clears throat> institutional money in the world of crypto has arrived and Bitcoin is already eating into gold's market share. Oh, poor Peter Schiff. Quote, I think one of the areas that are that's already underway is taking share of the gold market or Bitcoin or other digital assets emerging as this digital store of value. Perhaps gold and other things may have been that type of investment that had a place in a portfolio when the world was much more physical. For better or for worse, I would argue for better, the world has gone quite digital. And so it's time to start thinking about what constitutes a digital store of value. And so we start looking at things like Bitcoin, end quote. Moving forward, Sean and Shine believes millennials and younger generations will also play a key role in the adoption of crypto assets. Quote, I think the analog that's not being discussed as much, which we find to be exceedingly important or important is in the United States over the 25 years, we're looking at about 68 trillion that's going to pass down from older generations, baby boomers down to millennials and younger generations. So we're certainly not going to go out and say that we think $68 trillion is moving into digital currency. 
What we do think, however, is investors today need to be positioning their portfolios and looking at skating towards where the puck is going. Younger generations do not necessarily have the same investing preferences and the same kind of investments don't necessarily resonate with them. And so if you were raised in the time of Apple and Venmo and Bitcoin, the ability to pay your friends digitally, buy a flight with airline miles, whatever it may be, we most certainly think that digital currency is going to be a recipient of some of that value as money is transferred from one generation to the next. In December, Charles Schwab released a report showing the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is the fifth most popular equity among its millennial investors ahead of Disney and Netflix. So that's the end of that. I do want to say a, a, a thought struck me, and it may just be insane, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it because why not? The uh, story that we were reading before about nonprofits, if you start donating Bitcoin today, like let's say you just spend, I don't know, spend and replace, don't, don't bite my head off, but let's say you do it, spend and replace and give charity to, I don't know, UNICEF and UNICEF are smart enough to sit on it and all this money starts coming into Bitcoin, what does that do for UNICEF? Not that I'm a big fan of UNICEF because it's part of the UN, but there are, I mean, you get, you get the thing. Is it possible that by donating Bitcoin today, knowing the information that 68 trillion is going to pour in and a portion of that may first smaller or larger come into Bitcoin? I don't know. Just again, just a thought. Oh, a million e-payments accounts frozen due to regulation control. Ting Pang is writing for Cointelegraph sometime yesterday afternoon. E-payments system limited, a United Kingdom authorized electronic money institution, must suspend online payment operations due to the financial conduct authorities anti-money laundering procedures. Bitcoin does not have this problem, people. Keep that in mind. ePayments has released a short statement on its website and has sent out emails to its customers to give a few details on the FCA's regulatory checks. The regulation has frozen ePayments, 1 million user accounts, and has banned new account openings. Quote, following discussions with the FCA, ePayments has agreed to suspend activity on customer accounts until remedial action has been undertaken to the satisfaction of the FCA. The FCA has allowed e-payments to provide services, including issuing virtual accounts with IBAN, prepaid cars, cards, processing payments, issuing e-money, and handling electronic money wallets throughout the European Union since its initial launch. Yet, with the current ban, customers will be able to unable to transfer, deal, withdraw, or deposit funds, and will be a, unable to use their e-payments card. Let that sink in. Let's read it again. Yet, with the current ban, customers will be unable to transfer, deal, withdraw, deposit funds, and will be unable to use their e-payments cards. The team behind ePayments was involved with a crypto exchange, digital securities exchange early on when cryptocurrency was not regulated as heavily in the UK. Early ePayments customers could use the platform to exchange fiat and crypto. As ePayments users were obliged to pass KYC procedures and disclose ID information before setting up their accounts, the specifics behind the recent shutdown by the FCA remain unclear. Cointelegraph reported last month that the 
Financial Conduct Authority, is now the United Kingdom's sole AML authority for the crypto business. After a decade of compliance under the laissez-faire approach to AML legislation, UK-based crypto firms now face a significantly more stringent set of rules. Guys, they're coming after the on-ramps and off-ramps. It's time for circular economies, people. That's that's what I'm that's what this guy's got to say. It's time for circular economies. It really is. It's as much as we can. I know what I was saying. It may not be merchants that drive this shit, but we we we're, the imperative is there. I'll just say that. The imperative is there. Riot blockchain expands Bitcoin mining facility in Oklahoma. Woohoo! With its SEC investigation done and dusted. Riot Blockchain is about to bring another 1,000 Bitmain Bitcoin miners online in Oklahoma. Decrypt.co's Andrew Hayward is writing sometime yesterday. Continuing a busy start to the 2020 year for the company, Riot Blockchain announced today that it has received another 1,067 S17 Pro Ant miners from Chinese Bitcoin mining firm Bitmain for its dedicated Oklahoma City mining facility. The second shipment joins the first batch of approximately 3,000 S17 units, which were received in December of 2019 and announced to be operational as of early January. Riot Blockchain expects to have the additional machines up and running within seven business days, completing its planned upgrade of the facility. According to a release, the NASDAQ-listed public company expects to aggregate operating hash rate of 248 petahashes per second, which is about a 240% increase over the rate seen by the company late last year. Riot Blockchain expects that the full deployment will utilize about 90% of its current 12-megawatt electric supply capacity. Riot purchased the 4,000 new miners for $6.5 million from Bitmain. As announced in December, the majority of the company's 7,500 previous S9 miners are being taken offline in favor of the new units. The latest expansion news comes less than two weeks after Riot Blockchain announced that the United States Securities and Exchange Commission concluded its investigation into the company without recommending any enforcement. Riot first disclosed the investigation in April 2018, just months after changing its name from Bioptics. Nice name, dude. Dude, I would have stayed with that. Bioptics is rad, bro. And shifting its focus from biotech Oh, that's why. Okay. To crypto mining, which is also kind of awesome. Went from biotech to crypto mining. The SEC sought documents and was reportedly concerned about companies rapidly pivoting its crypto as a way to boost interest from investors in juice stock prices. <laughs> Riot Block. <laughs> I'm sorry. That makes me laugh because I, I, I know what they're talking about with the juicer that basically pressed a bag of already juiced. Uh, never if you don't know what i'm talking about just google juicer stock and already pressed or or just pressing bags of juice just i guarantee you'll 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 hit it riot blockchain appears to be free and clear now however Riot's recent expansion in Oklahoma City follows a wave of interest from other firms in establishing crypto mining facilities in in one state south in Texas what one state south in Texas oh okay what what okay whatever it's a bad sentence, guys. I can't, I can't fix it on the fly. <clears throat> 
Bitcoin mining company Bitmain opened a facility in Rockdale, Texas in October with plans to expand its initial energy capacity of 50 megawatts to 300 megawatts. However, Bitmain ended its operational partnership with DMG Blockchain Solutions for the facility in January, leaving its future unclear. Additionally, in November, Winstone U.S. Incorporated and Northern Bitcoin AG announced plans to build out a Texas facility that would eventually have a total energy capacity of one gigawatt. It's set to be built in three phases, with the first phase beginning construction this quarter and expected to top 300 megawatts of capacity alone. So, dude, the Midwest is where it's at. Us flyover states, you guys just keep flying over. We're fine out here. You want to go to the West Coast, to the East Coast, and look down on us and laugh? That's fine. It's where all your food is grown. It's where all your energy comes from. And it's where the security of your Bitcoin will also be coming from. In the very near future, I might add, Bitcoinist Osato Iwood, sorry, Evan Namayo is writing sometime this morning that Tether begins monitoring traders with chain analysis tracking tool. That's right, guys. Be careful out there. Chain Analysis re- uh, announced the news of its deployment in a press release issued on Wednesday. According to the press statement, Tether will roll out the Chain Analysis Know Your Transaction or KYT tool as part of its drive towards greater M- AML compliance. <clears throat> comply bitches now the tether platform can monitor the stable coins usage across its blockchain enabling the real-time tracking of suspicious transactions with the chain analysis kyt tool tether hopes to gain full cycle monitoring capability of its stable coin tokens from the moment of issuance to the point of redemption the kyt tool can also potentially provide data on the risk profile of usdt token holders uh-huh Just in case you missed that, the tool can provide data on the risk profile of you. If you're using Tether, your, your trading history has now been codified and turned into a risk profile. Yes, because we all suck as human beings. Thus, Tether will be able to monitor suspicious movements across the different blockchain platforms that support the stablecoin. Commenting on the development, Tether's chief technology officer, Paolo Arduino, remarked, quote, working with chain analysis has allowed us to enhance our AML processes for all transactions, including the Tether token. This solution allows us to ensure a secure compliance program that fosters trust with regulators, law enforcement agencies, and users. With transaction monitoring tools, often comes the possibility of user privacy violations, according to Arduino. Tether's drive to ensure robust AML compliance will not come at the expense of exposing vital user information. Tether has been subject to a lot of controversy with authorities in the U.S. accusing the company of its partner Bitfinex of an $850 million cover-up. Despite these legal troubles, USDT is still the largest stablecoin in the market with a total market cap north of $4.6 billion dollars. At press time, Tether's plan to use chain analysis KYT comes as regulators in different countries are announcing plans to ensure stricter crypto money laundering policy or policing. Already, several crypto exchanges have tapped chain analysis as part of their plans to ensure greater AML compliance while preserving user privacy. In the United States, the proposed 2021 budget sees the Secret Service receiving $2.4 billion in funding. 
to, among other things, monitor the use of cryptocurrency and money laundering and terrorist financing, of course, is for the children. The UK's FCA is also keeping a close watch on crypto-related money laundering as well. Crypto exchanges in the U- European Union are also expecting greater AML demands with the adoption of the fifth anti-money laundering directive AMLD5. And quite frankly, AMLD5 sounds like a brain tumor type. I, you know, it just does. But so, in, so guys who thought that this shit wasn't coming to you, it has now landed squarely in your lap. Congratulations. Happy trading. As I always say, don't trade, just stack the damn sats. You can just get rid of all that shit right there, man. Um, you don't have to worry about trading or AML, KYC, all that kind of stuff. Just do whatever it is you can to get as many sats as ye may before the sun goes down. Okay. That, because this shit's coming on now as a small side commentary to this kind of thing. Um, if I am, would be allowed to wear a bit of a tinfoil hat, um, is it possible that the, that the advent of Bitcoin, which I firmly believe 100% did not, did not and was not used to get people into a cashless society, but that the industries that are growing up around Bitcoin see it as their, that this is our way in guys. We've been wanting to do away with cash for decades. We've been wanting to control and squeeze and kick and maim and put the, our boot on the necks of every single human being on the fucking planet. And now we can because of Bitcoin. I am never going to hate Bitcoin because of this. What I don't like are the unethical companies that are growing up around Bitcoin. Bitcoin is like a gun or an axe. It can be used as a tool as much as it can be used as a weapon. It is up to us, the marketing team of Bitcoin, to make damn sure that people do not or are not allowed to inject a narrative into the world's population mind that Bitcoin was here. And this is what Alex Jones believes, okay? If you don't know who Alex Jones is, well, then... You're as crazy as he is. Uh, but he thinks that he doesn't like Bitcoin because he thinks that it was a government plot or S- Bilderberg or the insufferable, what, what are they called? The, the Illuminati. They're being naughty. Uh, it's just like so, that Bitcoin is just a plan to get us into a cashless society. If you look at the architecture of Bitcoin, it cannot be used at the base level. It cannot be used to do this. I can send anyone a Bitcoin transaction that I want and I don't have to KYC AML. The problems come in when you've got on-ramps, off-ramps, exchanges, stable coins, all this stuff that's being built up around Bitcoin. That's the problem. That's where you have to look at to make damn sure you don't get sucked down a rabbit hole you don't want to get sucked down into. Now, um, they mentioned a little bit uh, about the whole government contract thing. Let's get into that as our last uh, one of the day. This is Coindesk's. Uh, Patty Baker is writing sometime this morning, U.S. military contractor BAE Systems wants to hire cryptocurrency exploiters. They're actually using that word. 
this gets this is kind of chilling, guys. We can fight it, but it's still it's still chilling that there are humans out there that have nothing better to do with their life, their precious life that they've been given this one this one shot to exist in this universe in this physical form. And the following is how they're spending it. One of the world's largest defense contractors is seeking cryptocurrency exploiters to support a client based in Washington, D.C. Advertised on LinkedIn, the Virginia-based arm of BAE Systems is searching for candidates who can, quote, demonstrate proficiency in cryptocurrency, end quote, and can move to the U.S. capital to support a client's operational requirements. Successful candidates will either have to be a certified Bitcoin professional or expert, industry standard certifications, I forgot about those, or have a substantive understanding of cryptocurrencies. That will include expertise in elliptic curve uh, algorithms and zero-knowledge proofs, as well as hands-on experience analyzing smart contracts and vulnerabilities. I notice in the advertising that they did not put anything about Schnorr signatures. Already behind the times, people. Already dead. That's spelled D-E-D. Candidates will also need to understand how cryptocurrencies operate at a source code level, according to the advert, as well as understand privacy, coins, wallet types, full light, full and light nodes, virtual currency payment processors, secure payment protocols, and other issues related to the currency. My God, this industry is going to go through the roof. BAE Systems Incorporated is one of the largest contractors of the United States Department of Defense, supplying them with military hardware as well as advanced electronics and technology solutions. BAE's advert does not disclose who the client is, but does say the role requires candidates to have security clearance from polygraph, a lie detector test usually reserved for positions that handle sensitive information. Candidates will be expected to interact with personnel at all levels within the client organization and will require experience in supporting operations or familiarity with the intelligence community. They will also need to have at least six years of relevant work experience. Oh, God. U.S. authorities are increasing their interest in analyzing cryptocurrency. Blockchain analytics firm Chainalysis made more than $10 million in 2019 from 10 federal government contracts. BAE's ad for cryptocurrency specialists has been posted for some months, but has so far received fewer than 25 applicants. So if uh, any of you guys out there want to go be a... a boot for the government so that you, you too can be applied to the neck of your fellow man, by all means go chill out with BAE. That's going to do it for morning roundup. Been, uh, watching some uh, man in the high castle lately uh getting uh, finishing up the fourth season uh kind of put that one away for god i think i stopped watching it for like a whole year i, I can't remember what happened but i just kind of like lost lost interest and then all of a sudden me and me and the wife started watching it again dude it's freaking end of third and beginning of fourth season's pretty chilling but there was a scene that had a jukebox playing in the background. And if you don't know anything about man in the high castle, the, uh, I'm not going to tell you the premise, but it's, it's set in like the early sixties, uh, type thing. And one of, uh, one of the 
pieces of music that you could not escape at the time in the 60s was almost anything by Patsy Cline. Crazy I'm crazy for feeling so lonely I'm crazy crazy for feeling so blue I knew you'd love me as long as you wanted You'd leave me for somebody new Worry Why do I let myself worry Wondering What in the For thinking that my love could hold you I'm crazy for trying And crazy for crying And I'm crazy for loving you Crazy for thinking that my crazy for Bitcoin. Some of us a little bit, it's embarrassing sometimes. It really is because it's like, you know, you can't really talk about anything else. <laughs> it gets a little old for a lot of people, but they'll all eventually get it. Hell, at at, hey, if nothing else, at least they were warned. All right. All these other people that are looking at us like squirrely eyed. Now all of a sudden their LinkedIn is going to start having advertisements for people to come uh, help I don't know, destroy cryptocurrency because it's too powerful. And then they'll go, Oh God, I should have listened. And they should have, they absolutely positively should have listened to what we were saying. Okay. So where are we at in today's show? We are at the daily train wrecked. Let's see what we have on deck today. Oh my, it's Eric Voorhees. Let's just, I'm just going to read the tweet. It's, it's a response to other tweets, but you know what? It doesn't matter because when Eric Voorhees says the following, that's when we just don't really need to worry about Eric Voorhees. Maximalists, kind of like Trump, 
have taught us how to use adolescent disparagement and simple labels to easily reject entire realms of thought and discussion. When someone uses Trump as, you know, as an insult, you know they're getting a little twitchy and scared. And and Eric Voorhees should be scared. He he really should be. Clearly, this is just stupid and is about as train wreckage as it gets. I mean, it, this is like at the level of a, a sixth grader. You're Trump or whatever, right? It's, it's ridiculous, but... Nonetheless, it's your smoldering pile, and let's skate right on into a joke. You know, because, well, Mr. Voorhees isn't... Well, I'm, no, never mind. I, I shouldn't be that mean. Uh, this is Dad Says Jokes, as usual. This one is a good one. Who can drink two liters of gas? Jerry can. <laughs> let's just go ahead and end it here. I'm at right, almost right at an hour. I think I'm going to take my win and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.